Hello and welcome to Five Alive. It's so wonderful to have you with us today as we continue in our series talking about how we behave, how we act, how we grow in Christ as new believers, but also for those of us who have been believers for a long period of time, just a refresher, a reminder of how important it is to ascribe to the basic principles and teachings of who our Lord and Savior is, Jesus Christ. Today, we are going to be talking about giving or being a testimony. When I talk about testimonial or testimony or just verbalizing something of a, a witness, I often think of things that have happened in my own life or ways that I have uh, operated in my own life. One of those examples that I'd like to give, it's not a perfect example, but it is an example nonetheless of when my wife told me we were expecting our first child, I had a deeper love for my wife and a growing love for a gift which was from God that was being formed inside of my wife and this love that was growing with inside of me that would expand beyond just the idea of being able to love somebody unconditionally besides my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, my parents, my sibling, and my wife. Now, how is this love going to grow even more? My wife began a journal, which both of us wrote down prayers and love letters to this newly forming baby. I called my parents. I told my coworkers. My wife told her university batchmates. And even when starting a conversation with a complete stranger, I would talk about how much I love my wife and that we were soon going to be having a baby. This baby is now entering womanhood. She is a woman now, and she is going to be graduating university here in a couple of months. And my love for my daughter is growing deeper and deeper than it ever has before. In fact, I just this week was bragging about her on my Instagram page because she had accomplished a great school year and university and she had completed a project that she was able to show to all of her fellow professors, as well as to all of her classmates and anybody else that wanted to come. And I think that that is so cool. And so I continue to make sure that I give a testimonial about my daughter. I do the same thing with my son, Xavier. I do the same thing with my other daughter, Mallory because I love all of my children equally, but yet differently. And that's why I say this is not a perfect example, but outside of the four walls of my household, I do talk about my children. I talk about how much I love my wife. I talk about my love for Jesus. And this is the kind of testimonial that we're talking about. And so when I say testimony, or let's just say witness, what is it that comes to your guys' mind? A person in blue buds for law. Oh, you mean juror? Yeah, oh, yeah. that person. Okay. You know, people that they call to the stand, they're called witnesses. So yeah, like yeah, I... okay. Sure, in a court of law, there are witnesses that give testimony of uh, events that transpired. Sure. When I think of the word testimony, I think of the telling of one's story or how one got to the point where they are today. Mm -hmm. And that's not only used in Christianity, but also secularly in the points where 
this is my testimony to the point where where I am today is also what it's called because the word defines both. Yeah. When we're talking about testimonial, specifically a testimony of who we are as a human being, often it is a reflection of what we believe our identity to be. So what we talk about, what we frequently talk about, is a display of what we consume in our life, what foods we consume, what movies or TV shows or podcasts or radio or music, what we identify with as our hobbies, our likes, our dislikes, what we do, what our profession is, etc. So for example, if I like the Punjab Kings XI, I watch all their IPL matches, I wear their merchandise, I talk about past great plays, and then I throw the blames for any mistakes that a player may have made on some imaginary curse or the misfortune of the events and circumstances. Obviously, it was raining, so therefore they couldn't play up to their full potential, or this guy, he was sick, or this guy wasn't there, he was injured, so that's why they didn't play as well. That's the way that I uh, give a testimony about something that I like. If I am a professional baker, I carry on endlessly and constant conversations about my products that I've developed, new ideas that I may have, new recipes, old recipes. I look to other professionals for what their recipes are and constantly am talking about baking and I want those new ideas. When it comes to my hobbies, let's say it's art, I will constantly talk about my medium. I will look at the world, nature, conversation by what my next project is, but mostly because I am an artist, I will look at how I can perfect my last project, my last art piece, because artists never believe their artwork is finished. Oftentimes, when we're in conversations and we're talking about things, we are always bringing a testimony about the things that interest us. As a result, often when someone receives or achieves an accomplishment, it will ping something in our brain. And it will remind us of something that maybe we accomplished in the past. And so we will retell how great we are because of something that happened before in order to show, maybe show up the speaker that, hey, I'm relevant. Or maybe it's just to show that I am honorable enough for you to share your accomplishments with in this conversation, as well as any other number of reasons we have these kinds of conversations. But mostly we're doing it out of a desire to give a testimony about ourselves. This is the way we identify. This is the way we work. This is the way we talk is we constantly carry on conversations of things that we know about because we're giving constant testimony of who we are and what we believe in or what we like. With all of these as the ways we give our testimony, we are also very special in the fact that we've been bought by the blood of Jesus Christ as Christians. And so in the mix of the way we talk or we have our conversation, the freedom that Christ gave us, how he washes away our sins, how he's given us new life, how he's healed our body, how we know that we no longer face guilt for something that we did that is wrong, how he brings forth blessings into our life or that he keeps us from harm, how the Holy Spirit comes along and guides us as our counselor, 
These are all ways that we can continue to give a testimony of who Christ is, and our conversation can be and is to be sprinkled with this testimony. How then can we keep quiet about God's goodness when he's done so many great things for us? Matthew chapter 10, verses 32 through 34, and then verse 39 say this, Jesus is talking. Therefore, whoever confesses me before men, him I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, him I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. Do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. He who finds his life will lose it, and he who loses his life for my sake will find it. As you can see from the scripture, things are not easy. Sharing your testimony of Jesus's goodness and personhood may cost you. However, if you love him, you'll talk about Jesus no matter what others think. If you love him, you'll brag about what Jesus has done yesterday, today, and what you're expecting him to do in the future. Jesus cannot stay contained in your private four walls of your house, just like in the illustration I gave earlier of how I talked to everybody I came in contact with about my daughter being born and talk about her even to this day. The same has to be true of the way that Jesus is in my life. As a result of our unconditional and growing love for Jesus and telling others about him, another important aspect of being a Christian must also be to put these scriptures into practice. Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20, Jesus says, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Making disciples and teaching others is not just a pastor's job. It's not just a professional's job. Making disciples and teaching others is up to every one of us who calls ourselves a Christian. And as your testimony of who Jesus is sparks an interest in others, you know or come in contact with, you will have a chance to disciple and teach them of who Jesus is. Our statement of who Jesus is to us is a declaration of our love for him and other people. Bringing people to admire what we stand for thus is an affirmation of Christ as my master and is a beginning teaching point. That does not mean that I won't need to practice what I say about Jesus. In fact, sometimes the best practice for telling others my testimony is to act out what I really do in my private prayer time, in my private worship time, in my corporate worship time, and combining all those together so that that way it is an example unto people no matter where I am in my walk of life or no matter where I am in the city in which I live. This makes sharing your testimony with others organic and fundamental. Matthew chapter 10 verses 28 through 34. And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. But even the hairs of your head are numbered. Fear not, 
Therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge before my Father, who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I also will deny before my Father, who is in heaven. Do not think I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. So why is it important that I tell of my love for Christ in front of other people? It keeps you in check with what you're saying. Because if what you're saying as your testimony, other people around you can be like accountability to you of, hey, I thought you said you you were like this. And it kind of keeps one in check of, hey, maybe I am getting kind of off balance in this area of my life. And and not saying that you're not giving room for that person to grow and to develop, but hearing yourself speak out and sharing your testimony, just hearing your own words come out of your own mouth and then reflecting back on, what did I just say to people? Um, is good. That is a good thing. Because sometimes we need to hear it. I mean, it's one thing putting it down on pen and paper. It's another thing to go and blog about it or like hit a post really quick or a Twitter feed really fast of this is what I feel in this moment right now. And if there's no accountability to what we're saying, we're just flightlessly out there. Yeah. What about you guys? Why do you think it's important to tell others of your love for Christ? It's important to continually acknowledge Christ in everything we do, because as he says, he will also acknowledge us back. And so in that, if we say we're a believer in Christ, but we don't acknowledge him to everyone in public and acknowledge that we follow the one Lord Jesus Christ, then he's going to ignore us, basically. He's just going to be like, yeah, I knew who you were, but like, I don't really care because you didn't really acknowledge me and acknowledge that I'm the one who got you through these things and everything like that. So if we continue to acknowledge Christ, he will continually acknowledge us and help us in our relationships and further the uh, relationship with him. Okay. I guess so that way you can try to help them to serve the Lord. Okay, as an encourager? Sure. Yes. Absolutely. Wonderful answers. I think it's important for us to also recognize that Jesus is specifically speaking to us about the fact that we we are constantly desiring this peace. We want everything to be perfect, but yet we want no one to offend us or be offended by us. We often like to be people pleasers. Not everybody's this way, but a lot of people are. They want to be a people pleaser. And when there's conflict that comes, sometimes we think that conflict is non-Christian. Where Jesus has reminded us here that as a part of our testimony isn't always a peaceful testimony. Sometimes it brings conflict, and that means that we're actually giving true testimony of who Christ is. Uh, the best example that I can think of would be somebody that disagrees that um, there is such thing as God, or that Jesus is the only way, truth, and the life, or that Jesus, there are many roads that lead to heaven, and so they will talk about their idea of that. And when we come and we disagree with those prospects, which according to scripture, according to the Bible, according to Christ himself are all wrong, there is a conflict that's going to arise. But at the same time, we're giving a testimony of the words of Jesus, not compromising our faith, 
and not compromising who he is, which means another person may not like us in that moment. So we have to ask ourselves, am I trying to please everyone or am I living as a testimony for Christ alone? 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17 through 21. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So you're not called to be a pastor. You're called to be a businessman, a scientist, a teacher. You're called to uh, be a sales clerk or to work as a sanitation engineer. What ministry in the midst of what your professional calling is and what you earn money for, what ministry have you been called to? This is a rhetorical question because only you can answer that. Yet at the same time, it's not because what is the ministry that we've been given? Go into the world. Where are, we, where are we going into the world for? Go into the world to preach the gospel and make disciples of all nations. According to the scripture that Blair just read, what message has been committed unto you as a Christian? That if we confess that Christ is our personal Lord and Savior, we are a new creation in him. Our mm. old has, our old self is gone and our new self is beginning. And yeah. he is with us. God is with us every step of the, the way to become new in him and to be renewed in him. All right, Romans chapter 10, verses 1 through 4. Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them is that they may be saved. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For being ignorant of the righteousness of God, and seeking to establish their own, they do not submit to God's righteousness. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. So according to this passage of scripture, what is desired above all? all else the dub 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 as Xavier said to have a zeal for God not yeah. just in wisdom in it or knowledge but to effectively have a zeal for him Yay. yeah head knowledge is important to have right but yet that's not all there is to knowing something right like I have a head knowledge of you my wife but i have more than just a head knowledge of who you are mm -hmm. i understand uh, exactly who mallory is i know exactly who xavier is and my head knowledge of them i could write a book but that book will never be able to talk about the more intimate side of the way that i know my family members Right. You would never yeah. be able to talk about what our thoughts were. Yeah, exactly. We're, we're limited, aren't we? And so to have that zeal that you're talking about beyond just the knowledge is really a way that we give a great testimony of who God is 
Because sometimes it's what's coming from the inside and pouring unto the outside. Is there anything else that God desires above everything else? That they might be saved. They being everyone. Hmm. So what about those naysayers that are constantly uh, putting down the Christian propagation of the gospel because, well, there's just no way everyone will ever get saved. What, 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 what can we say about that? What can we say? Read the Bible. <laughs> read the Bible, Corey. <laughs> read the Bible, Corey. And more than once. And read it for a while. Unlike scientists who say, I read the Bible once 40 years ago. And this is my opinion on it. It's not just a one-time read. Right. And don't read it all in one night. First Thessalonians chapter 3, colon, 11, dash, 13. That's me. <laughs> no First, First Thessalonians 3, 11 through 13. Now God himself and our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ direct our way unto you and the Lord make you to increase increase and abound in love one toward another and toward all men even as we do toward you to the end he may establish your hearts inblamable in holiness before God, even our Father, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. Wonderful. What area of life are you to increase in? It's in all areas of your life we well, are to increase very specific. in. Yeah, we are to increase and abound in love toward one's, one another, toward all men, not just some men. And women, but all men and women. Not just the ones that we pick and choose? Right. Like, they can be my friend today, and they can't be my friend today. <laughs> like, we have love for all. All men. Even if we don't want to be friends with them today, we need to try to our best to get along with them. Yeah. What if somebody gets really busy, uh, and not just because, you know, everybody gets so busy these days, but what if there's a project to uh, the person is working on that project, trying to get that accomplished, and then they've got family members, and maybe they've had a death in the family, and they've got all these things going on, and you believe, that's my best friend, but they just don't have time for me right now. Uh, do you personalize that and then say, oh, they must not like me anymore? As you mature in age, you kind of grow out of that, and you begin to put yourself in your friend's shoes going, okay, they truly are going through this. I need to give them some time and not take it personally because mm -hmm. they're, you're going to get together eventually. It may not be that day that you have time for it, but eventually your, your plans will coordinate together and you'll be able to get together and probably have even more fun than you would have that day that you originally wanted to go out. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. So just having a clear understanding of this isn't personal. They aren't doing this just to say, no, I don't have time for you. And it's and I mean, it's really easy to do. Like, wait a minute, I thought we were friends. And you are friends. It's just sometimes it, it just takes a while. Yeah. What about the scenario of, of the person that 
struggles with having more than just this one sphere of friends. Like maybe they, uh, it's just my family. And then I only have time for like one more friend. And then somebody else tries to enter in, into this, um, basically it, it becomes a click. It, even though it's your family and your one other friend, what, what about that moment where the friend that is being added, they can feel inferior or they can feel like they don't matter as much. The older friend that uh, was there, they can start having these, oh, you want to spend more time with that person than you do me because you don't like me anymore. What do I no longer have a place in your life? How do we continue to abound and increase in love in those kinds of circumstances where there seems to be this friction going on because your sphere of friendship, your circle of love is growing and not everybody uh, always can see that because sometimes we become very selfish and I want to spend more time with this person. I don't want to spend time with that other person that I've never met before. You can create a YouTube page. Oh, gosh. And then everybody can follow you throughout <laughs> your day. That <laughs> would solve it. And then you'll have more friends than you ever thought. <laughs> but you won't really know any of them but personally. You, right. You won't know them personally. They'll know you, kind of, of what you give us. And you can even give us old information. I mean, like, you could pre-record yourself from True, two months yeah. ago, and we would still think it's from today. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and you could edit yourself and we think you look like that all the time yeah yeah okay with your um jane jetson mask on until answer. it just pops off wow right. okay happened to both of them yeah did it happen to the friends too you're right well in those scenarios how do we how do we work through those situations i mean it's it's a complicated issue we live complicated i'm going lives. to go on to metaverse and i'm going to live in a computer no. and so if you want to be my friend in the computer world then we can be friends but you if you want to be my friend outside of my computer world then i want to be a friend yeah exactly i mean you're giving great examples of exactly what we end up doing but how do we solve this issue of i love jesus and I want to give a testimony of him. And I also want to increase my love for others. And yet I constantly am in the battlement with my own thoughts, as well as what I feel like the way others are perceiving my There's love your problem. Them. That's your problem. I feel. Mm. I feel. Stop feeling. Numb yourself. No, don't numb Have yourself. Have no, no feelings. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, be like Lego Barbie friends and that lady, weird Mallory. Whatever her last name oh. is, what's her last name? Doctor Adublablaha, and she uses her numbing thing, Majiga, which made her go mentally insane. Okay. So the thing is, is you need to use your mouth, mm. and you need use your mouth. Need, use your use mouth. your words. words. <laughs> use your mouth. Use your mouth and tell others how you feel. How you feel. And you can ask. And sometimes it's better like face to face than it is over a message. But I mean, as people are already, are already saying, you know, we can take full, we can record ourselves on our devices and record ourselves of, am I bothering you? Like record yourself saying that and send it to somebody and then they can record themselves and go, no, you're not a bother. But dude, or girl, or um, homie, or whatever <laughs> of... Are you literally describing Snapchat with videos? There's that too. Sure. No. But I mean, if you if you really feel that bad that you're hurting somebody's feelings or somebody's hurting you, 
then obviously you need to reevaluate your friendship. I, I like the idea of communicating. I think that that's great. And definitely um, the, the, the difficult part for, for many people, for many of us, is that, you know, we do put a lot of pre extra pressure on ourselves as if we're the bother. Oh, I didn't mean to be the bother. Well, and we want to be liked. Yeah, yeah. we want to be liked. We I can't tell friends. you how many times I've messaged a friend and it was like seven at night and they may have thought I was eating or something like that, which we don't usually, we didn't used to eat that early. We do now. But I would message, was messaging them and they're like, oh my goodness, am I bothering you? And I'd be like, no, you're not bothering me. And then we'd continue on the conversation and they'd be like, oh my goodness, am I bothering you? I can't believe I'm bothering you. I'm sorry. And I'd be like, it's been five minutes in the conversation. All we're doing is texting. Texting does not bother me one bit unless it's buzzing my Apple Watch like crazy. <laughs> that doesn't bother me either. Texting right. doesn't bother me. But and, you have to, in order to get to know somebody, you've got to communicate with them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you got to know what bothers or not bothers. But I mean, it takes time to build a relationship with someone. And that's, and it's a two-way street. Yeah. Because there are those that they want to be your friend, but if you're not around them for over a year, they don't want to be with you. I mean, they do, but they don't because it's it's hard. It's hard for them to go, well, you've been away for so long. And I've kind of, you know, I just, I need somebody that's close. Mm -hmm. So like when we have long distance friends, it's tough. You've really got to work at it. Yeah. And when we have our close distant friends that are here within our sphere, it's easier because we can see them and we can get to know them and we can uh, go over to their homes and vice versa. They can come to our homes, et cetera, et cetera. You can meet up at places. But when it's long distance, it's tough. I mean, long t distance, it really takes an extra um, effort to be a friend. Yeah, yeah, we have all these social connections and links now, but it's still, you know, my family and these closest friends can be my friends. That's it. That's all I have room for no more. Whereas we should be open to having new friends yeah. daily. And even in our lives, if we've lived a military life or an expat kind of a life and our uh, friendships are, you know, always changing every two years. It's like, well, I've given you my two years. All right, I'm going on now. Mm -hmm. And it's like, wait a minute, man, we really, I thought we had something. I thought we really had a friendship going on. And so to some people, it could be that friendship's over. I've been with you for two years or I've been with you this select time or I've gotten to know you too closely than I have this other person. And that's not fair to them because mm -hmm. why am I telling you all this? And I'm not even telling my best friend this. Yeah. Those are, those are things, but I mean, that goes back to a, it might, do I truly have love for all brothers or, or not? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I remember we'll call him Jim. There was a time in my life and this young person and I was a younger person as well. I would talk to him about um, my relationship with Jesus. I would talk to him about other things. But the part of my life that he honed into whenever we were having a conversation was that I was a Christian and that I talked about Jesus. And he felt like I talked about Jesus too much. And so therefore he told me he didn't want to be around me anymore because I talked too much about Jesus. And, um, and so he, he took a step away from my life 
um, as far as being a friend or somebody that I was around on a frequent basis, he would purposely avoid me even at times, just so that that way he didn't have a have to have another conversation with me. And uh, so in that kind of scenario, does that mean that maybe I over-testified of who Jesus is? Or is that something that that person is just going through in that moment and I need to be respectful and my love for them is to respect the space that is between us now. And instead of constantly bombarding them and making them more uncomfortable by constantly putting myself in a position where they have to avoid me, what if I spend more time in prayer for my friend? What if I... Privately, not out loud, not going up to him and going, you know what? I need to pray for you right now because you don't want to be around me anymore. No, I'm not talking about like that. I'm talking about like, what about those private moments, those private prayers? What about those moments where you're like, okay, I know that this has come to what looks like a hiatus, a moment of a break, and maybe even we will no longer be friends again. But at the same time, what if that's not what it is? What if it is just that three months, a year space that is needed. And then all of a sudden, when you do run into them and they are excited to see you again, your friendship actually blossoms into something even bigger than it ever was before. Mm -hmm. I think these are all parts of effectively increasing our love for our brother and or our sisters. And it, and it challenges us personally mm. in our growth of who we are and who we are in character, so to say, because being with others, we begin to see things of, ooh, why did I say that? And oh man, I didn't mean to go there in that in that conversation. And so there's a lot of forgiveness in our conversation and dialogue with yeah. people um, that are friends that maybe as you had said that we take a break from, so to say, for a couple months or a year or three years and they're back in our life. But we, if we evaluate our own life, people, people sharpen us, people mm -hmm. uh, help us and become better conversationalists, so to say, and to work on our own quirkiness because we all have things that we can work on. But if it's being more polite, if it's being more, instead of going in with the crowd on decisions, making a decision and sticking to it, mm. uh, if we can't truly do something be a man or a woman of your word and go, I truly can't do this. And so just speaking, be, learning to become a person of truth, because it's really easy to become a person of lies, because mm -hmm. lies are so easy to tell, like, hey, are you available? No, I'm not. I mean, you can always make yourself unavailable, because it's like, well, I don't want to go. So therefore, yeah, no, I'm not available. And are you almost there? No, no, I don't think I'll be there today. And you may have time for it, like I said, it's really easy to lie, but those lies build up and then your character becomes, well, I can't, I can't become reliant upon them because all they ever do is lie to me. Yeah. And it's really hard to be around someone who's always lying. But when you are a person of truth and you work really hard at being a person of truth, a person of honesty, and you truly want to, you truly want that friendship and, and you want it to be reciprocal, um, those things do speak character, I think, into a, a in a friendship of you do have commonalities, togetherness. It's like, what? why did we become friends in the first place? Or what was it that, you know, why did we even say hello to each other? Because we all know that a conversation, well, we don't all know, but a simple conversation of just saying hello opens up a door for a friendship. Yes. And it's either the person wants it or 
we may not want it and they may want it. And it may be like, hey, we just see each other and we're shopping buddies. You know, we may be at the Subsi Walla and getting our Subsi together and we'd meet there every night and because we have interest in getting good Subsi and yeah. then walking back and talking about our families, et cetera, et cetera. And I mean, that's just how a friendship begins. And if we want to take it a bit further, then it goes further. And if it, and if it doesn't, then it doesn't. It's just people's comfortability mm-hmm. and how far they want to go. Next, we're going to read First John chapter 4, 17 through 19. Yay! By this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. Because as he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment. And whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. Many people are afraid to give a testimony because they're afraid people will reject them because they're a Christian. Others are afraid that their testimony just isn't good enough. Nobody really cares about me in that regard. And others uh, just, there's this inbuilt fear that just prevents them from speaking out. I mean, one of the greatest fears that people have is public speaking. And so just speaking out in and of itself can be a fear that they have. In this passage of scripture that Blair just finished for us, how do we overcome this fear? Love, perfect love casts out all fear. And the perfect love comes from Christ. So if we love Christ with our heart, soul, and mind, he gives us a love to love our fellow man. And with that love, we should have no fear, a fear of rejection or not rejection. Um, Because there are going to be those that are going to like you. And there are going to be those that are not going to like you. And that's okay. Continue to strive to be who you are and who you are in Christ. And know that your heart is sincere and pure with your intentions. Mm -hmm in friendships and relationships. And that's how you walk through life. Yeah. I mean, if you ever have an ill intention or a just a desire to hurt, then you're not going in and making a friendship on the right path. (laughs) On the right path is not the right word. Right footing. Yeah, on the right footing. And, And don't be afraid. I mean, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and power and a sound mind. And with him, he gives us that boldness to speak up and to speak up on our speak up on our own behalf. And even that that helps even with the timid. I, I consider myself pretty quiet, pretty shy, pretty timid in some situations. But I definitely know accepting Christ into my heart at a young age truly gave me boldness to speak up and not be afraid, especially when it came to uh, the Word of God and truly what I believe in. And there are times that I'm quiet and I'll just listen. And then there's other times where, okay, I, I can speak up here in this. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, definitely I know in, in times I feel inadequate, but I have to remember that God is adequate. And therefore I'm adequate yes, in him. Exactly. And my voice does matter. Mm-hmm. Xavier, what about you? Not just overcoming fear, but just in general, with the given a testimony of 
of Christ? How, how do you look at doing that? How do you, like, is it something that you're like, oh man, today I'm going to make sure that I tell so-and-so about Jesus? Well, when it comes to sharing my testimony, it's not really planned or thought out or anything like that. It just happens. I mean, I make God a part of my life every day, and therefore, mm-hmm. in making him a part of my life every day, you kind of talk about what you do in your day, and in that, God comes up quite a lot. Mm-hmm. And are you ever afraid that somebody will reject you because of just all of a sudden sharing about who you are and no, what encompasses you? I don't. I'm not afraid. Uh, because, I mean, there are plenty of people that I've heard, they're like, oh, my story's not cool enough, or anything like that and I wasn't like this or this and to be honest if you put it by those terms my story is not cool enough either I mean goodness gracious I first asked Christ into my heart when I was like three years old Mm -hmm. into the story is how you could basically play it as and that could be my testimony and it doesn't sound super cool but to me that's life-changing yeah and so it doesn't matter if it's this whole elaborate story. I was into drugs. I was into alcohol. I was at the bottom of my life. And then I found Christ. And yeah, those story, stories are encouraging. But it's just as encouraging to hear a person say, I was in church my whole life. I never really left. But I didn't really understand what God was say, speaking to me and through me and how it worked. And then I ultimately just released all of my everything to God. And so it, it doesn't matter whether your story sounds cool or is it's people want to publicize it because that's not what matters. What matters is the fact that you chose to live your life after Christ and then therefore you are where you are today and you can continually tell that mm-hmm. to everyone you meet. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter what wrong what goes wrong because Christ is always there. Very true. Excellent. Excellent point. It does, because that, to me, that builds up even more of a testimony in and of itself of who you are, because others do see you as, oh, wow, man, he's been a firm believer since the age of three. Like, I remember when he gave his heart to Christ, and to see that you're still following after the Lord over all these years, Mm -hmm. uh, they're like, man, he's still committed and still growing and still learning. And still sharing and still pursuing things that that he feels in his heart that he is to do um, as God is leading him and as he's following truly wholeheartedly after the things of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's why I opened up with the testimonial of our firstborn of Addison is because I testify, brag, whatever you, however you want to word it about her from the time I found out that we were going to have a baby through today and that's grown that's not all of a sudden just hey we had a baby 21 years ago the end of the story like hey i gave my heart to jesus when i was three years old end of the story no it's not the end of the story there's so much more that has continued to transpire and that is part of our testimony my testimony isn't always just the day that i gave my heart to jesus my testimony is today it's a sunshiny day it's getting cold outside. It's winter time. But Jesus is still on the throne and he's still my Lord and Savior. And 29 years later, he's still the one that I pursue with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. Like that's my testimony that continues on to this day. And what a great testimony that can be. 
along part of the fear side of things, I just want to bring up this one point is, is that if perfect love casts out fear and I'm giving my testimony to a person because I love them and because I love Jesus, I'm not giving my testimony of how great Jesus is to denigrate them, put them down, or to make them feel small. I'm giving my testimony because it's out of my perfect love for Christ that I am now sharing my perfect love unto the person that I'm giving my testimony to, which means all fear is diminished. If the purpose of my testimony is to make somebody feel bad or to make somebody feel small, then I am not giving a testimony with the right heart, with the right mind, and I'm definitely not giving it in love. Mm -hmm. So let's keep in mind that just because you come along somebody and you want to correct them by giving them a testimony of how great God is, you're not doing that in perfect love. That may be one of those times like Blair talked about before that you just need to keep your mouth shut and observe. And later on, there'll be an opportunity for you in perfect love to share a testimony of how good Christ is. So anything else about testimonies that we need to share? Close us in prayer. Thank you, Jesus, for today and for every single day and that we will love you and praise you every single day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you have any questions, comments, statements, feel free to contact us on social media. Bye-bye.